I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I remember my teacher at Bible school saying that, too, he said, too much word, you dry up. Too much spirit, you blow up. You get the combination of the word and the spirit, and you grow up. So that's what we desire. We desire to grow up into him in all things. And we desire to fulfill our purpose and our destiny. And it's not going to happen by might. It's not going to happen by human reasonings. It's going to happen by my spirit, says the Lord. But, you know, it's very important, especially in the day and the hour that we live in, that we build our lives, build our families, build our churches on the Word of God. Because we all know that the winds have been coming, the storms have been brewing. They beat against us, but we don't fall because we're founded on the Word of God, which is the rock. So I just love the Word of God. I produce a ton of CDs. They're just all spoken word, audios of different subjects. And I don't know, to be honest, I told my producer, I, I made them for myself because I love the Word of God. And if anybody else wants to partake of them, they can buy them. But I love just putting the scripture into my CD player or I, I, what's that called? iTunes, whatever, and just listening to the Word, listening to scripture, just putting that Word in your heart because it doesn't return void. And then when you have a situation and you have a problem, the very first thing that arises is what you already put within your heart. So when you put the word of God in your heart, that's what arises. And thankfully, that word is powerful. It's quick. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It produces results in our lives and in our families and in our health and in our churches. So I thank God for churches that understand the power of the word and the need and necessity of the teaching of the Bible. And I, but I also understand and love churches that love the Holy Ghost. You know, I think the last time I was here, I don't know if it came to me before I got up here or while I was up here, but I heard the Holy Ghost say, this, is a, this church is a friend of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. I've never been to a church where God has ever said that. I'm just being honest. Not going to lie. Not going to try to make you like me. I've never been to a church where the, the Father said, this church is a friend of the Holy Spirit. That says a lot. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of mm, leaders who are afraid of the Holy Spirit. They're afraid to allow him to move because they will lose, in their minds, control. But when you understand the operations of the Holy Spirit, you understand how he moves and how he lives and moves and has his being in and through us, you're not afraid of him because the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He will not violate the scriptures, and he will not violate anybody's will. And not only that, he will not embarrass anybody. That's why I, I love the fact that as we learn about him, we can have wisdom in how to flow and how to operate in the spirit. You have to have wisdom. You can't tell everything, and I know you know this, you can't say everything you know. Because the spirit of truth who is in you, he will guide you into all truth. And he will show you things to come. But I think sometimes we have to be like Mary. We have to hide some things in our hearts. We can't tell everything that we know. And I believe that 
as we mature in flowing in the spirit, mature in flowing in the, the operations of the manifestation of the spirit, I believe the more we mature, the more he's going to reveal to us and download things to us. I don't know why I'm saying all this. What in the world? See, I have 10 pages of notes. I am telling you, the spirit of God is arising in the church. Isaiah 60, 1 through 5. We are living in the last days. The glory of God is rising in the church. And with that rising is going to come manifestations of the gifts of, of the spirit. I could see it, uh, John 7, 38, like rivers of living water rising up within his people. And in this river, I see gifts, callings, anointings. Out of your innermost being flowing these gifts, callings, and anointings. And it's not for ourselves. It's for others. You know, I mean, Pastor knows this and Joni knows this. Anybody who's been in the ministry, as long as we have, we know that we are dead to self. We know that we are not doing this for ourselves. We are doing this to build the kingdom. We are doing this so that the church can be edified and equipped to do the work of the ministry so that we can reach out and help others. That's why I would say to you, oh, my God, a thread. <laughs> we don't want that on our outfit, now do we? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. I, now, now I forgot where I was. But the Holy Spirit is rising in his church because my friends, can you feel it? We are living in a moment of, of history. We are living in a time and a season of some great and mighty things. We are living in a moment where I believe, I believe this with all of my heart, we are going to be like it was like the early church. And I believe we've been raised up for such a time as this. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited that God is on the rise. Very excited that God is on the move. And I'm just going to say this. Not everybody's going to understand you. Not everybody's going to understand some of the decisions that you make. Not everybody's going to understand. But you got to follow the Holy Spirit. When you follow the Holy Spirit and do what he's prompting you to do, your way will be prosperous and you will have good success. What is success? Is success having a church of 5,000? Or is success just being willing and obedient and doing what God called you to do if you have a church of 500? Mm-hmm. We just have to follow the Holy Ghost for what the Holy Ghost has told us to do. Are you listening? Yes. So I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for what he's doing in these last days. Amen. Well, that was all, I don't know, free, as they say. But I would just like to encourage you that this is my new book, Encountering... <laughs> God through prayer actually you're the first I've just taken three months off and you're the first church that I've been to where I'm announcing this book so I think it makes a lot of sense since we're in Encounter Church I'd like to give it to this sister with the black jacket and the white striped blouse yes simple strategies to develop a powerful life God bless you honey and then we, I have this, this book that I entitled it, Receive Steps to the Prayer of Faith. And by the way, my son took this picture. He also took the picture on, 
on um, my, uh, another book that I have called Decision Time. And that's his girlfriend. And finally, she's the fiance. And finally, they're getting married. October 28th. So they've been together like 10 or 11 years, but it's finally come. But I'm going to tell you why I wrote this book. I wrote this book because it seems like people are confused about prayer. And I mean, I have so much in me about prayer, and I really believe in the years to come, I'm going to pour more out in, in regards to this subject. There are all different kinds of prayer. And um, what I've seen is that we are getting the different rules for the different kinds of prayer all mixed up. <laughs> and so God said, I want you to rightly define, divide the word of truth in regards to specifically the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is not praying for yourself. I mean, the prayer of faith is not praying for someone else. The prayer of faith is the prayer you pray for yourself. Are you listening? You believe, you receive, and you have. You thank God for the answer. You don't repetitiously pray the same prayer over and over and over again. You're praying yourself into unbelief. You're praying yourself into discouragement. The prayer of faith is Mark 11, 23 and 24. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you will have it. See what I'm saying? And exercising your faith. You're not moved by what you see. You're not moved by circumstances. You open up your mouth. You make your confession no and say, thank you, Father. I have it now. When I prayed that prayer, it happened now. In the realm of the spirit, it's done. But now I just have to see the manifestation. So I'll tell you why, again, why I wrote this book. Because I had someone who inboxed me. And interestingly enough, she was, she was like, I thought she was, you know, uh, I would consider her here. Good to see you, by the way. We're friends on Facebook. She, we talk a lot on Facebook. Small world, isn't it? But this, this person that's been on my, she, she goes to a lot of my KIU events. She uh, inboxed me one day, and, and she says, I'm going to be home the whole day. Could you just agree with me um, that for, I think it was for healing. She needed healing. She says, Can I, I'm going to stay home all day today, and I'm going to pray until I get my breakthrough. And I was like, what? What she was going to do was she was going to pray the prayer of intercession, which requires perseverance, which requires praying in the spirit and entering in till breakthrough at times. And she was going to pray that type of prayer for herself. And that's when the Holy Ghost said, you have got to, you have got to do something. I mean, what could we do, Pastor? Write a book. Are you listening? Teach. So that's why, that's what prompted that book. So, okay, I have a message from the Holy Ghost. I did share it on a video when we did the announcement, and then it occurred to me that People probably thought that was just going to be the one vein that we were going to go on. And it's true. There's going to be a vein here about contending and awakening the hearts and destiny of our children. But this message, my friends, is for all of us. Are you listening? When it comes to the principles of prayer and how to pray, this is for all of us. As a matter of fact, if you don't have children, you have grandchildren. Or you don't have, um, you know, your own immediate family. We are still spiritual mothers and fathers. Are you listening? We as spiritual mothers and fathers, the Bible says in Isaiah, we have children that are our responsibility that may not have been born out of our own womb. So I believe this message can relate to all of us. But specifically, when we talk about children, it's not just natural children, it's spiritual children as well. You know how it is. You walk into a grocery store, and that young man is ringing 
up your, your order and something on the inside just rises up and it's the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost? Well, how do you pray for this young man? What do you do? So God has really laid this message on my heart, especially for the times and the seasons that we live in right now. We are all responsible. We are all called to be a house of prayer. We are all called to be somebody's spiritual mother and somebody's spiritual father. We have a responsibility. There has never been a day like this day where so many of us know so much word and we have so much to offer this up-and-coming generation. And I'm just going to say it right here. There has never been a time and never been a season where the generation, these young people that are coming up, there has never been so much pressure on them. Never been so much warfare. Never been so much opposition. Never been so much junk on TV. Never been where they've been exposed to all kinds of things on TV. You see, all this darkness, again, Isaiah 61 through 5, all this darkness, listen, and I'm not being negative, all this darkness has opened up the door for the devil to work. But guess what? The hand is on the hip, and we're crossing our legs. <laughs> Greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. He that has begun a good work in our young people, is go he is going to bring it to completion. But it's going to take prayer. It's going to take mothers and fathers and spiritual Mothers and fathers rising up, the church rising up, and the church taking their place in the body of Christ. It's time. It's time for us to take our place. It's time for us to enter into the secret place of prayer. Enter in, shut the door. Yes, our own families have needs, but what about some of these young people that don't have a mother praying, a praying mother? that don't have a father that's speaking into their lives, you are called to be just that. And I see in my spirit a mantle coming on the mothers and the fathers. Much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. I am calling my church to arise and take their place. I'm going to tell you straight up, and I don't know if this is going to be taped or whatever. I'm just going to say it. I'm so over it. The reason why you're so bored is because you've got to do something with what you have. God is requiring more of his church, his body. There is a whole generation that's up and coming that is depending upon you. When are you going to take your place? It's time for you to take that bottle out of your mouth. And it's time to put the sword of the spirit in your mouth and use it to do war so that our young people can be everything God's called them to be. So over it. And I just wish... I had a manzy, pamsy, easy, easy word. And I'm going to say it. I, I'm convinced I'll never have like a big ministry because I believe I'm, I'm preaching to the remnant. You know, you got these people. Yeah, I know. They're definitely the right place here. You know, there's ministries, they have a voice to the masses. And it's amazing to me if you're on social media, the kind of likes and hits certain things get. But, you know, you start talking about prayer, everybody's like, whatever, and they turn their back, and they walk like this. Guess what? It's like I said. I've said it 100 times, and somebody's going to say it at my funeral, guaranteed. One day, we will all stand before God, and we will give an account for what we have been given. Too much is given, much is required. We have more word, more power, more tapes, more iPads, iP I iTunes, whatever, than any other generation that's ever, ever walked the face of this earth. 
stir up the gift of God that is within you. Use what you have. There is a whole generation waiting on you. And let me just tell you straight up, be honest. <laughs> Prayer is not that hard. Prayer is not that hard. It should be as easy as eating and breathing and just, it's not that hard. I'm going to tell you a little story. You know, I got 10 pages of notes. I studied the last two days, several hours preparing. I don't know what, happened, what, the, what goes on when the Holy Ghost takes over. He said, I, I just heard him say, he said, I will take the things of mine and show it unto you. He's just got to take what's in us and pour it out, especially when you only have one service. Praying is not that hard. Obviously, we write books on it. Obviously, there's rules to answer prayer. Obviously, but we're going to get into this probably. But when you pray, you have to speak the word, use the name of Jesus, and pray in tongues. How hard is that? But I'm going to say this to you, just encourage you. Because I operate in the realm of prayer, teach prayer, and, 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 and try to endeavor to motivate people to prayer and lay hands on people to anoint them fresh oil in prayer and do gatherings of churches in prayer. I need to be encouraged sometimes, okay? I'm going to tell you, I really do. I'm serious. We had our first KIU event. I was under the covers, and everyone, the first moment I woke up, I had devils standing on top of my chest going, what are you doing gathering churches together to pray? You talk about warfare? When God has given you a message and a mantle, there will be war over that mantle. That's why you need Aaron's and hers to hold up your arms to support you. But because I teach a lot on this, you know, I get challenged. So when I read books that encourage me, it's really encouraging. And I'm going to tell you how it happened with me with some encouraging words. Um... Who's that guy that I quote a lot in, in uh, my KIU events? See, it's not in my notes, so I can't remember the guy's name. It'll come to me. But he was a, he was a warlock. He was a high-level, high-priest warlock in the kingdom of darkness. He says it right out of his own mouth. He said, my father was the devil. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to wake you up. We have an adversary, the devil. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Wake up! Not you, them. And he said, he has a book. Uh, it's going to come to me. He was discipled under David Wilkerson, so I was cool with him. When I found that out, because you, know, you can't, you got to watch. Yeah, he's safe. So he said, <laughs> you ready for this? And you got people that don't want the move of the Holy Ghost, which is mind-boggling to me. He said what he would do as a warlock, he said he would leave his body, go up over, uh, over neighborhoods. Now, are you ready for this? He would put word curses on neighborhoods and families. I want you to notice two things. Number one, he would leave his body. You know what? When we pray, we don't leave our bodies. But Colossians 2, 4, I believe it is, though we're absent in the flesh, we're present in the spirit. So when you pray for somebody, you're not there with them physically, but your prayers are going up into that atmosphere, into the spirit, and it's affecting that person you are praying for. Don't think for one minute it's not because it is. Number two, he said... Now, they understand the laws of the spirit. He said we would put, I would, not he. He wasn't even in unity. He was himself. He said, I would put word curses on neighborhoods. Think about the power of our words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So when you pray and you stand in the gap and you intercede for whoever, when you speak the word, the word does not return void, but it produces life and revelation and help on the behalf of that person. So, he said, 
and all you intercessors, I pray this encourages you in the Lord. Because oftentimes when you pray, you don't see visible results. Oftentimes when you pray, you don't know what is going on. Because you walk by faith and not by sight. He said that the neighborhoods that had somebody praying in that neighborhood, he said they couldn't do anything. I'm telling you, the power of prayer, the power of prayer. I just heard in my spirit, Luke 18, 1, men ought to always pray and not faint. But why is my son and my daughter, or why are these circumstances, why is everything getting worse? I've been praying, 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 and I've been praying and praying. Because it gets worse sometimes, honey, before it gets better. Because I'll tell you why. The devil doesn't want to leave. The devil doesn't want to give up his strongholds. And you are the warrior, man or woman, that's coming in and shaking things up. And he doesn't like it. So when you start to pray, the person gets uncomfortable that you're praying for. They start getting convicted. How is it like for you when you were being convicted before you got saved? Does anybody here remember that? That spirit of rebellion begins to manifest, and things get worse. But only on the outside. Does, aren't we word of faith people? What does the Bible say? The Bible says we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we hear. We're only moved by one thing. That's the word of God. Isn't that like a thing we say? Well, here's the test of faith. When they get worse, just know that your prayers are availing much. God said in James 5.16, he said, The effectual, fervent prayer, amplified, says, Ceasingly hot prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, fervent prayer, amplified, says, Ceasing hot prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's my favorite as well. I put flames after it when I text it to somebody. Don't faint if you don't see visible results. I'm just going to sit here for just a minute. You have grown weary in well-doing. Don't give up. That, that wayward child is going to come home. I am telling you, as God is my witness, that wayward child is coming home. What does the Bible say? The Bible says all of your children are taught of the Lord, and great is the peace and the undisturbed composure of your children. They are like the prodigal son. I am telling you straight up, you keep praying for them and praying and praying in tongues and praying the word, praying in tongues, praying the word, putting the pressure on the devil, praying the word, praying the tongues. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to be like this, like the woman with the issue of blood bowed down and could no wise lift herself up. And they're going to see Jesus. And they're going to arise. They're going to shine. The light of the glorious gospel is going to shine into their heart. And they're going to come to themselves. Oh, I need to go back to my father's house. I need to get back in fellowship with my father. What have I been doing? Let's pray right now. All of our children are taught of the Lord. Great is the peace and the undisturbed composure of our children. Devil, you can't have them. No weapon formed against them will prosper. We adjure you this day. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off of our children. Take your hands off of our sons and daughters. Take your hands off of our spiritual sons and daughters. Oh, 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 oh,
Oh, oh, oh, My friends, you know this. It's not que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. You have to war for your family. You have to war for your sons and daughters. You have to war for your children. You have to war for those spiritual sons and daughters God has placed in your care. Well, honey, how do I know if they're my spiritual sons and daughters? Because you have a love for them that you can't explain. The Lord is uttering his voice before his great army, and he's sounding a trumpet. There is war against the destiny of our children. And I am calling the spiritual mothers and fathers to arise. Not just disciple them in the word, but stand in the gap and begin to pray for them. Pull them up out of the pit so that I can set their feet upon a rock and put a new song in their heart. They're singing the wrong songs. They're walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. But when you pray, you lay one hand on them, one hand on me, and you snatch them up out of the fires just like Jude talks about, and you set their feet upon a rock. And then I put a new song in their heart. I guess I got a spirit of prayer. Let's pray this out. You know what I heard the Holy Ghost say? I heard the Holy Ghost say, listen to me, your sons and daughters will prophesy. There is a prophetic call on this generation of young people. When you say generation, I'm just saying it straight up. It's the generations, X, Y, Z, millennial. There's a call on them. They're going to prophesy. I was... um. Speaking in a church, uh, it wasn't a church, it was a conference, last year with Yolanda Stiff, incredible woman of God, Google her. She's an up-and-coming major, major woman of God who, I love her. She loves to pray. She's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. She's not ashamed to be herself. She just leads people into prayer. She's an apostle. She's amazing. And, you know, it was amazing because... You know how you're just minding your own business and the Holy Ghost just starts talking? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Hey, yo, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, you got the spirit of prophecy in you too. You're going to prophesy to your young people. They need your wisdom. They need your direction. They're waiting for you to open up your mouth and say what you know. Thus saith the Holy Ghost is. And I was preaching, and suddenly I began to prophesy. And it was one of those 12-minute prophecies. You know, you can't possibly do that on your own. You know what I mean? You know, some people pretend. They prophesy. <laughs> I like him. And I never saw this before. And I've been in ministry, I don't know, eight, since 81. You know how you know in part, you prophesy in part, and then when God shows you something, you're like, why didn't I think of that before? Because it's like, duh. Because there's a time and a season and a purpose under everything that he shows you. Because if he showed you everything up front right away, we, you know, some people have personalities. We'd get ahead of God. But when I was preaching, prophetically preaching, and started, the seer anointing started flowing, which I love. I wish we had more of that. So, sometimes I go away to Florida and I just walk the floors and I just pray in tongues. I wish I had three days with you about tongues. Remind me to talk about tongues. 
and the witch. Somebody help me remember that. So, and I just say, God, please, not please, because please is begging. Lord, I remind you of your word. Cause us to see and hear and know so that we could be effective in our prayers and in helping people. We don't want to see and hear and know because we, people say, oh, she sees and hears and knows. Who cares? We want to see and know so we can help people, so we can see beyond the veil and see into their hearts so that we have a word and season for people. Let me tell you, these new agers, they could go to these booths and they can get these People, I don't know how they do it, but they're so proficient in the spirit. They see, hear, and know about these individuals. How much more should the church of Jesus Christ be seeing and hearing and knowing? That's why the Bible says we should covet earnestly the gifts of the spirit. Not quench them. Not despise them. Covet them earnestly. So the spirit of seeing and knowing began to come into, yep, you know, you're going to have to lay down your life. You know that, right? If we're going to step up into another level, God is requiring more of us. Do you know that Kenneth E. Hagin said many times, he said, the more I pray in tongues, the more it opens me up to be susceptible for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. So I began to see, and God began to prophesy this generation that's up and coming. You know what I saw? I saw, it was incredible, I saw an army of young people rising up. And I saw and I heard the Holy Ghost say, he said, there's never been a generation, and if I'm wrong, God will judge me before the throne. I will stand before him and I will give an account. This is me and God, something he said and I saw. And I believe other people are seeing it, but we'll see. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So if you hear other prophets saying it, then that's a good thing. He said there's never been a generation like this generation of young people whereby there are so many five-fold ministry gifts on the inside of them. The Spirit of God said those who I call, I equip. He said we are living in a day and we are living in an hour where sin is abounding. He said, but in these last days, he said, my grace is going to be sufficient. He said, my grace is going to arise and my grace is going to be shown forth out of the, out of the mouths and the hands and the ministries of these sons and daughters I am raising up. And that's why there is so much war against the youth of this nation, the youth of this world. There is so much more the war because the devil sees it. Listen to me. And he is afraid of them. Are you listening? My pastor, pastor, he's not afraid of who they are. He's afraid of what they will become. And so there's war against them. No joke. So how do we pray for them? We pray the word. We pray the scripture. <laughs> so much teaching on it. Let's do it. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We deceive our own selves. We pray the word. This is what I tell people. By the way, 10 pages of notes, everything highlighted, the whole thing. Why don't I ever get to really follow them? Listen to me. You pray the word. <sighs> Take their need to the word of God, agree with the word of God, and that's what you present before the throne of God, and that's what you speak into the atmosphere, and it goes into the atmosphere as blessings, as water, as revelation. It activates the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost begins to brood over them. He hears the sound of the word. The word is spoken, and the Holy Ghost begins to be activated. And God said, let there be light, and the Holy Ghost moved. And God said, so on and so forth. And when you say the Holy Ghost will move, 
The word of God is spirit and it is life. The devil fears the word of God. Fears you speaking the word of God. So you pray the word. Listen, my friends, you know this because any of us that are natural parents, you know, you know we, we look at the circumstances. And we look at what just came out of their mouth. We hear what just came out of their mouth. And we look at what they're doing. And it just, it just, you just can't be moved. You can't be moved. You got to be like that psalmist said, set your face like a flint. And then like it said in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. And then remember what uh, somebody said, Colossians 1, 6 or Philippians, he that has begun a good work in them will come bring it to completion. You just can't be moved. The word works. You don't pray the problem, you pray the answer. You don't go, oh my goodness. You don't go into the presence of God and go, my son, my daughter, you know, they're sleeping around and they're drinking and they're doing this and they're doing that. No, 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 no. Da-da-bo, sha-ta-da-da-bo, sha-ta-da-da-bo, sha-ta-da-da-bo. E-k-ta-da-bo-bo-bo-bo, sha-ta-da-da-da-bo, sha-ta-da-da-bo-bo-bo. E-la-ba-ba-ba-ba, so-to-da-da-ba-ha-shon-da-da-da-da-ba-sa. All of my children are taught of the Lord and great is the peace and the undisturbed composure of my children. My children are like arrows shot from on high from the throne of God. Great is their peace. Father, I pray that my son and my daughter, my spiritual sons and daughters, would have a revelation of the love of God. The height, the depth, the breadth, and the length. So that, and Because they're cutting themselves. They're cutting themselves. They're drinking themselves to oblivion. They're doing all that. Why? Because they need a revelation of the love of God. Do you ever go down here? Because if you had a revelation of the love of God, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. They'd be rooted and grounded in love. They would understand the heart of the Father, that the Father loves them with an everlasting love and no good thing would he withhold from them. They would understand God's grace, that God's grace is sufficient for them, that they don't have to fear God because perfect love casts out fear, drives out fear. They would understand that they could go boldly to the throne room of grace, that in their darkest moment, in their weakest moment, they don't have to run from Jesus. They can run to him. It's the love of God. So we pray that scripture. Lord, give them a revelation of the love of God. And then we run out of things to pray. You pray in tongues. I got a prayer. Can, can we pray this out? How many of you feel? Let's pray it out. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, our sons and our daughters are going to prophesy. Our sons and our daughters are coming out of darkness and into this marvelous life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, you deliver our children out of them all. Anyone, any, any relationship that's not been planted of you, God, we ask that you remove it. Oh, 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 take a Oh, Oh, 
A friend of mine wrote a book. Again, it's one of those things that it helped me to teach on prayer and it encouraged me. He wrote a book, and again, this is like a, a, it's the dark side, and I'm not trying to scare anybody. And I don't usually read a lot of books like this, but it's helped me. I think God just wanted me to understand that prayer works. Prayer opens up the door for God to work, and I'm an apostle of prayer, and I need encouragement. You listening? And in his book, Don Allen wrote, Seven Days with a Witch. And I'm telling you straight up, these things are real. Let's stick our head in the sand and pretend the witches don't exist. I am telling you, there's a whole thing out there that's going on. And I am not afraid. The devil's afraid of you. He's so afraid of you. You know, we talk about our kids, him afraid of what they will become. You know, he's afraid of you as well. He doesn't just see who you are. He's afraid of what you'll become. Listen, Mahani. Listen, Mama. Let me tell you something, Mama. Your best years are yet ahead of you. Your best years are yet ahead of you, Mama. Your best years are yet ahead of you. Your best years are ahead of you. God's not finished with us. It's not a time for us to retire. We are refiring. God is refiring you, Mama. Mama. nothing for me to do. Your wisdom is needed. Your revelation is needed. Your voice is needed. You don't have to wear skinny jeans and a leather jacket to be effective and relevant to these young people who look for you and look to you for wisdom. And if you want to keep your hair gray, keep it gray. They will still listen to you. They need you. They need you more than any other generation. They need you. Don't you dare keep your mouth shut. You be bold. You be strong. You be courageous. Oh, there's nothing left for me to do. Really? Tell that to God. He has raised you up, um, Daddy with the pink shirt on, he has, or father, respectfully, he has raised you up for such a time as this. Your voice is needed. Your wisdom is needed. You are filled with wisdom and revelation. These young people need what you have to say. You speak. You say. You do. You go. You go. You go. Go, 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 go. Oh, oh, Devil's so afraid of you. He's so afraid of you. He's so afraid of you. He's afraid of you. And you're a quiet one with a big roar in the spirit. You have a big roar in the spirit. You know, you don't have to pray loud to be effective. You're a quiet one, but you have a big roar in the spirit. Is that true? You want to take my picture? I'm going to do what Joni does. 
I don't know, this service is getting out of hand. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your sons and your daughters are going to come to the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You are called to be watchmen. You are called to watch and pray and stand in the gap for your young people. Don't put up with the devil's garbage. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. They just went to college, and I don't understand what happened. Enough! Listen, if you, can't, if you can't say it to them to their face, you go up before the throne room of grace, and you let your request be made known unto the Father. And my Father, which sees in secret, will send the rain. In the time of the latter rain, he will send a manifestation of the Holy Ghost right in their dorm room if he has to. You are a good man with a good heart. You did a good job. Well, what if my kids, you know, they went wayward. It's not your fault. Did you do the best you could? You know, everybody's got a will. But I tell you, I'm going to tell you straight up, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Your children, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your children are going to come out from among them. Your children are going to be separate. I want you to understand something. I'm very anointed today. Okay? I can't do this on my own. I'm an introvert and I'm very quiet. Take my picture. I am telling you, this is the spirit of the living God. This is not hype. This is the Holy Ghost. He's, oh, Jesus. He is teaching your hands to war and your fingers to fight. And some things are better caught than taught. Well, you know, I got 10 pages of notes, Roman numeral number, and I'm really OC. It's got to be in order, and if it doesn't match, and if it's out of order, two, one, two, 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 three, five, seven, eight, A, B, C, D, F, G. Just know the basics. You hearing me? What are the basics? Pray the word. And I'm going to give you a big one. Oh, I want to talk a little bit more about tongues. I have a few more minutes. That name is above every name. You just say, in the name of Jesus. Satan, you take your hands off of my kid. It's the name that is above every name. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of the devil openly, triumph over him in it. He said, now you go in my name, and he's like, and cast out devils. You know, your kid might have a devil. What? My kid? He just might have a devil. It's very simple. In my name, you will cast out devils. You don't have to go up to them and go, elobo, show them, they'll you freak them out. You know, you could go into the spirit. Every place the sole of your foot treads upon, I've given it to you. You go into the realm of the spirit because it's your kid, your property, your grandchild, your spiritual son and daughter, and you take back what the devil's stolen. I'm so over it. Oh, just give me a little message that can tell me, you know, that I can have more favor and I can get a new table for my kitchen. What have we become? What about spiritual treasures where nothing can corrupt it? You got the name of Jesus. I was in a prison. It's 1204. Ten more minutes. I was in a prison. I, I, it was funny because we went to prison to, to minister. But, you know, some guy was at the, on the elevator with me and Teresa, and we came from the prison. And he goes, so what brings you to Ocala, Florida? And I, I looked at him. I couldn't resist. 
And I looked at him and I said, well, we just got out of prison. And then I went like that. And he went, oh! And of course I clarified. But I was in prison. And I was speaking. You talk about fun, wild. I have never preached like that in my life. Preached for two and a half hours. Had an audience. They didn't have to, they couldn't go anywhere. They were stuck. And I preached on things that came out of my mouth. You talk about a flame of fire. You know, the Bible says you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. And we, at one point, we were asked to go in the back to, to lay hands to, with the women. When we, this was the women. We also ministered to the men. It's a whole other story. They got teardrops on their face because they murdered people. I'm talking hardcore. Major. I'm not afraid of any of it. You know what I did to the men? With the men? They asked me to come up, and there was like 300 of them, maybe 100 and 200 and something, not exact. And you know what? The Holy Ghost said, you sing over them in tongues. I got up. Of course, I was under the leadership of the apostle, who, you know, because that's how I operate. And I got up, and I went, because, you know, they're all distracted. They're, the, the, the guys are in the back messing, you know. Stuff is going on. This is prison. Where's this prison? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. And then when I was done singing, I interpreted it. And when I opened my eyes, there was like a cloud in the room. And they were all like this. What was that? I walked down, sat down, and some of the guys that I'd been teaching started clapping. Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Ghost can bring convict and convince your kids of their need for Jesus like nothing else will. So I was in this women's unit, and we were one-on-one -on -one ministering to people. And uh, you know how Teresa is. This is her new sister-in-law, right, and my friend. She traveled with me. And, you know, we're laying hands one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm just going to get nice here because we need some pictures for our social media. I hate getting pictures taken, but I might as well take advantage of the hair and makeup. So, sorry. So, all of a sudden, Teresa's ministering to this person one-on-one. -on -one. All of a sudden, you hear this, and I thought, great. We got a devil over here to my right. And I'm thinking, I don't want this thing to manifest. And then Teresa, she's like this. She looks at me. She's like this. And she looks at me. And I knew what she was saying, thinking, help me. And then she's praying some more. And then the only thing she knew, she just kept praying. And all of a sudden you hear this. So when I was, yeah, it's the devil. It's devils. I'm not going to scare you, but sometimes our kids are doing things because it's devils. They're influenced by the kingdom of darkness. It may not be in, in their spirit, but it can it, uh, bring warfare in their minds and sometimes cause them to do things they normally wouldn't do, especially if they're drinking alcohol because, you know, alcohol opens up the door for the enemy to work. And then there's a yielding process that takes place, and so that spirit just gets in. I just stood up, went over to her, got behind her, and I was like, Lord Jesus. I said, in the name of Jesus. That's it, the name. The name, the name, the name, the name, in the name of Jesus, I command you to loose her and let her go. Do you have to know a lot of word? You just have to know it's the name. Jesus said, whatever you ask or demand in my name, I will do it, that scripture says. I will be there, Amplified says. I think it's Amplified, to back it up. Then I, I pleaded the blood of Jesus. And I don't really, don't even know about the blood of Jesus because I don't really teach on it. But I, something prompted me, and I just, and the blood of Jesus is against you. I, maybe we could talk about it over lunch. I don't understand. But I felt to say that, and that thing went, psh, left her, and she went, Oh, the prisoner goes, that was weird. I go, well, you're free. The name. It's the name. Use the name of Jesus. Use the name of Jesus. Repeatedly, over and over and over, just remind the devil. I want to remind you that your power over my child is broken. It is the name that is above every name. 
the name of Jesus. I put the name of Jesus as a banner over my children and over my family, and my child runs into it and is safe. Lastly, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you so much. Thank you for helping us. Holy Spirit, thank you. Pray in tongues. Seven Days with a Witch by Don Allen. They got this witch who was another high-level witch. She's completely and totally set free. And she started. She started telling secrets of the kingdom of darkness, just like John Ramirez did. See, God reminded me of his name. You could Google him, just like John Ramirez did. Yes, the scripture says, I don't know the full scripture, but it says something about um, repro- something about the works of darkness, and, and it says, but rather expose them. If you Google that scripture, you'll find it, and you'll see what the context is. Rather expose them. So John Ramirez, his thing is he's exposing the works of darkness. So Don Allen, this woman, got radically born again, and there was a, that's a whole story, war. But you know what she said? And then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. You know what she said? And I'm going to start quoting from his book here and there on my page because I think people need to know. <laughs> we, are, we don't have a powerless gospel. Stuff works. Powerful. Think about Jesus rose from the dead. And the same spirit that raised him from the dead is in us. It is a powerful gospel. No joke. And she said at a certain point, she heard them all praying in tongues. And she said, what is that? And I said, well, they explained what it was, which we were going to do today, but we didn't. You have a pastor who's a great teacher. He, he, you, show, you probably already know. And she said, we can't penetrate that language. And we don't know what you're saying. And the enemy is afraid of it. And I'm going to leave you with this. When you pray in tongues for your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, spiritual sons, spiritual daughters, the generation in general, that person behind the counter at Walmart, when you pray in tongues for that person, you are praying the mind, the will, and the perfect prayer for that individual. Now wait, I got one more thing to say. As it relates to destiny, we didn't get into it, but I wrote a whole book on this. I'm in the review process, the second to the half review. When you pray in tongues for your Young people, inside of their heart, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity in our hearts. This is so good. Jeremiah 1.5, before he formed them, he put within them destiny, purpose, call, what we said earlier, fivefold ministry gifts. Would you begin to intercede or pray for them in tongues? You are praying from that place of destiny, the perfect plan and purpose of God for their life. You're not praying amiss. You're not praying hope so, maybe so, uh, unbelief prayers. You are praying exactly what that person needs. And then all things begin to work for the good for them that are called of God according to his purpose. Now, if you have a young person, oh, I'm going to qu- close with a quote. At least I'm going to use something for my notes. If you have a young person that's never strayed from God, I have one like that. Well, maybe, I mean, pretty much my kids haven't, but I got one that's pretty much been the straight and narrow. You know, sometimes they. And this, this young person has always walked with God. Well, guess what? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say because the Holy Ghost would want me to be quiet. Would you just love it when that happens? I start to not be able to think. I just, Lord, if I could just read that one quote. It's okay. That one. 
that one quote. Thank you, Father. Anybody ever read The Circle Maker? You should read that book. You guys are a mature church. You would love it. It's like another level kind of a book. He said, it's by Mark Batterson. He said, each prayer is like a seed that gets planted in the ground. You may not see it tomorrow. Abraham believed God. It took 25 years for it to come to pass. Listening. And then he went on to say, you will never be a perfect parent. But you can be a praying parent. Prayer is your highest privilege as a parent. Prayer turns ordinary parents, which is what you are, into prophets. You're watchmen. That's what you are. Who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. Your prayers for your children are the greatest legacy you can leave. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.